You are now listening to the Online Course Podcast, the place where online course creators come to learn how to sell more of their online courses. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Course Creator Community Podcast. I am super excited because we've got a very special guest on the line this week, all the way from Ohio. I, I don't know where it is. I don't know how to spell it, but I know it's it's nowhere near Sydney, Australia. So I'm super excited to, to have her on. I think she's, she's definitely the coolest person I know in the whole of Ohio. So we're in for a, a treat there. And that's not just because she's the only person I know in Ohio. She's, she's pretty cool. A uh, little bit about this person. She wears a, a few different hats, but in a nutshell, she um, she's an online business coach. So she helps entrepreneurs write content that attracts paying clients. Uh, she's a Facebook group admin. She's got a really cool Facebook group that I recommend everybody should join, which is facebook.com slash groups slash starting an online business. I'll put that link uh, down in the show notes. She's also a course creator. She's got an online course all about creating content in 30 days in less than 30 minutes. Uh, I'll put that link down in the show notes as well. And that's that is what we're going to speak about today. Uh, but anyways, without further ado, let me introduce all the way from Ohio, the one and only Ms. Rachel Monin. Rachel, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Awesome to hear. Rachel, I like to start my podcast off with a quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up. Have you got one you could use for us? I do. So mine is a little bit off the wall. Um, my quote is the only way to get through it is to get through it. And it's actually a quote from the Netflix show, New Girl. Okay. So a couple questions there. New Girl, I've never heard. I just watched um, New Girl, probably not the type of uh, Netflix series for me. <laughs> uh, but tell me a little bit about that. What's that series about? Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually about this um, young girl who like is, you know, recently got her job and, you know, is kind of getting started with her life and she's looking for a place to live and she actually moves in with these two guys. And so all three of them are living in this apartment and it's just like crazy adventures and, you know, the weird things that happen to them. So there's this one episode where, you know, the girl says like, uh, the only way to get through it is to get through it. And, you know, normally I don't take life advice from Netflix TV shows, but <laughs> um, I grabbed like a sticky note and wrote that down. I was like, oh my gosh, that is, to me, that was just like really profound. And so what I did is this, I still have this sticky note and I attach it to my calendar. So every time I pull off a new month of my calendar, I put the sticky note back on the new month. And that is, <laughs> that is my quote. Love it. I love the quote. I love the way you found it. Cause I'm a huge Netflix watcher myself. I just finished the one. Have you watched, have you seen the one? I have not, but I've heard good things about it. It's amazing. I did it in a weekend, you know, that's how good oh, it is. <laughs> nice. um, so any, yeah, listeners, you know, after you've, um, you've purchased Rachel's course and listen to this podcast, the next thing to watch is the, um, the, the, the one on Netflix. Good show. <laughs> so now you, you wear a few different hats, Rachel. I know today we're going to talk mainly about um, the creating the content and the online course that you've got, but just give us a bit of an, an overview. What is it you do in the space? 
Absolutely. So I, I actually wear more hats than you know. So um, in my nine to five job, I am a marketing manager for a small firm. And then in my business, um, I focus a lot on content and specifically on batching content. Mm. So I really love the process of being able to create a lot of content in a short amount of time. So I you know, wear the hat of my nine to five job. I wear the hat of you being a course creator, like you talked about. And then of course, helping entrepreneurs with their content strategy. Love it. Okay. Well, let's dive straight into the content because a bit of background for most people listening to this. And I mean, most people in the world, we know social media is the ticket these days. How else, especially if you've got an online business, how else are you going to promote your online business if it's not social media? You know, I don't think the the yellow pages exist. I don't think, you know, the <laughs> the, the, the letterbox drops exist, you know, with COVID, you can't go knocking on doors and, and find people. Social media is the, the ticket. And I think everybody knows that everyone listening to this anyway, what they're probably thinking though is, oh, I've got all these things I've got to do, you know, um, I've got to look after my family. I've got a job. I've got to teach the course. I've got to create the course. Where the hell am I going to get time to actually post on social media? So I'm curious to hear your strategies, Rachel. Obviously the best thing we can do is purchase your course, you know, how to come up with 30 days of content to, uh, 30 days of content in 30 minutes. We'll put the link in the the show notes, but I'm going to hand it over to you here. How do we do that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's really a method that I created. So, you know, I wanted a way, well, when I first started my business, I was really struggling with just how do they continually show up on social media? Because Mm. what I was doing is I would you know, show up on social media, like every day for a solid two weeks. And then I would get burnt out and stop showing up on social media. Um, and I really call that the, the seesaw effect yeah. where it's like this very up and down. So I you know, was like searching for a method and I really didn't find one that really I connected with or that worked or that really, you know, was kind of robust. So I really just made my own method. Um, and it's really the process of, you know, like first putting together your content pillars. So I do six content pillars and those are basically the themes within your business. For anyone who's not familiar with the term content pillars, um, I like to look at it as you have like your central business theme and then kind of branching off that you have these six content pillars and those are all the, the minor themes in your business that relate back to the central theme of what your business actually is about. Love it. Let's uh, let's spend a minute there. That's something I don't do enough of myself. I'm a random guy, you know. I just uh, <laughs> I read read a, read a chapter in a book. Ah, oh, let me share something I learned there. But I um I listen to a podcast. What's her name? Is it uh, Jenna Kutcher? Do you know who that is? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. She she uses a similar Instagram. I don't think she has six. I think she has three or something. Um, okay. But that that's where I I heard it first. And now that you've refreshed my mind, I'm like, that's a good idea. I think she she mentioned three. Hers were like. I can't remember. I think one was family. You know, one was like, hey, I'm a big family person. So, you know, one in three Instagram posts is going to be something about my family. You know, one is going to be, I don't know, maybe, a, I, don't, I can't even remember. Maybe you can throw us off some ideas. Is it, is it, are those six different for everyone? Or do you have, hey, here are the six things every business should have? What, what can you tell us there, Rachel? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So I do not believe that there are six content pillars that every single person should have. They should mm. be unique to your business, yeah. but I think there's definitely going to be overlap. So like you said, you know, Jenna Kutcher, she does family and a lot of entrepreneurs that, you know, are married and have their own children. Family is a, a, a solid staple for their mm. content. Um, for me, behind the scenes is a solid staple for my content pillars. So I really do recommend that you almost everyone should have behind the scenes as one of their content pillars. But for there it depends on your industry what are some uh throw us out some some common ones or some some good suggestions and if you want an example oh no okay let's use let's use me for example no let's let's use fitness as an example let's say someone's um you know a fitness person what are some things they could post uh that i guess is fitness or, or isn't fitness yeah, absolutely. So if we take in a fitness example, um, you know, obviously one of them could be behind the scenes of like getting their business together. Mm. One um, content pillar could be weight loss, for example. Mm. One could be um, like health, you know, diet related, like food, that would be another. Mm. Um, one could be like focusing on the types of exercises. So right there, that's four content pillars. Um, and really they all relate to, you know, being a fitness trainer. Love it. Now question with he should and i guess this is a personal choice as well right where it's like okay should one always be non-business based like let's say you are uh, in the fitness space should one be just completely non-fitness whether it's family whether it's partner whether it's what you watched on netflix or when, when what you went up to on the weekend or is that just a personal choice on on what you should whether you include personal stuff or not yeah, that is actually a really great question. And I do recommend that you do include a personal one because, you know, it all goes back to we want to buy from people. We don't just want to buy from a business or a platform. So sharing you know, that personal side of yourself really does help us get to know you a little bit better. Um, so, for example, I follow someone on Instagram and she shares a lot of pictures of her dog and mm. it's an adorable corgi. And it really, you know, you kind of have you have like the business side of things you have when she promotes, then you get a cute picture of her corgi and it's just fun and it makes you feel like you know the person a little bit better mm, and it also shows a bit of um similarity right like let's say for example that i'm not a dog person right so that probably wouldn't wouldn't attract me you know but let's say someone is a dog person that might just be that that little bit to get them over as silly as it sounds if it's the difference between okay he's jono that just posts all business stuff but he's rachel that posts business stuff and one of her dog every six weeks i love dogs as well she's really good with her dog look how good she takes care of her dog ah, how bad of a person can she be if she's after her <laughs> dog that much i'm gonna do her program there as silly as it sounds like people are attracted to other people that are like them you know, and whether it's, and even if it's not the dog, if it's the mum example, if it's the family example, it just helps relate. So I, I love that you've mentioned that there. So that's the starting point, right? Everyone here listening to the podcast can sit down and be like, all right, you know, what are my, my six different pillars? Great. I've got some six different ones. If you are business, if you are personal, some are micro, some are macro, whatever. What's the next step from there, Rachel? Absolutely. So this is where my strategy really comes into play because I had heard of content pillars before, mm. but I never understood how to utilize them. So I take content pillars and I break them down further into what I call subtopics. Mm. And I do about 10 to 15 subtopics per content pillar. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So it does take a little bit of time to set up, but then the point is once it's set up, you are good to go to write content for a really long period of time. Gotcha. So the subtopics are what I would actually sit down to write a post about. So for example, um, if one of my content pillars is like, we'll just take um, like Facebook groups as an okay. example. Okay. Yeah. That's a pretty big topic, right? So when I sit down to write a post about Facebook groups, there's still a lot of guesswork going into writing that post because there are so many things I could talk about. So when I do my subtopics, my content pillar, again, is Facebook groups. My subtopics could be, for example, like starting a group, Mm -hmm. um, writing a group description, Mm -hmm. how to admin a group. And then when I sit down to write a piece of content, I can take my content pillar of Facebook groups, I can pick one subtopic, and I write a post exclusively on that piece of top content. Love it. Okay. So let me s- simplify that. So we've got, <laughs> we've got our major, let's say course creator, right? Let's say you got one course, right? Cool. He's my course. He's everything it teaches in that course. Let me break down six different pillars of what I want to cover there. That's already a good start. I feel if someone does six pillars, they're on the road to, you know, to, to being a bit more time efficient. Now with each pillar, we, we do 10 different mini topics. So yes. Rachel used it, the Facebook group example. Let's go back and use a, a fitness example as well as something else. So let's say one of the things we have is um, let's use, uh, exercise is probably an easy one, but we might start there, right? It's like, all right, cool. Exercises. There's about a million exercises you can do. Let me write down 10 exercises that I know are, are popular, right? I'll just write them down there. So then uh, I've got my 10 there. So when it comes to the start of the month, okay, uh, last month I wrote about bicep curls. Okay, what's the next one on my list? It's tricep extensions. Great. Let me just go on here and, you know, do the post on tricep extensions. Um, And maybe if it wasn't that one, maybe it was food, you know, it's like, all right, cool. You know, maybe um, the pillars are, you can. so I can ask a question here. And does it go deeper than that? Let's say it's, let's say you're a fitness person. Let's say the um, the pillar is food. Do I then just say, all right, here are 10 different recipes that I can give people or is recipe the um, the sub thing and then I go deeper as well? Any tips there or? Yeah, that's also a great question. I would not do 10 recipes. What I would do with the food oh, one gotcha. yep. is I would break it down into like, maybe you break it down into starches, um, proteins. Yep. Uh, maybe you talk about different diets. So that could be one. So if you have, you know, like the keto diet or mm. I, I don't know any other diets, keto is the only one I've got, but intermittent could... fasting, it could be, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And you could break that down gotcha. further. And that could, yeah. And I guess the other way to look at that, if, um, if there's too many things, like maybe if we got, maybe food was a bad example for fitness. Maybe we should have said diets is one of our pillars, you know, and then recipes is, is one of our pillars. Maybe, maybe yes. we could have gone better and not better. Just, um, that's another way to look at it. I guess if it's a big thing like that it should probably be a pillar instead of a, a micro sort of thing. So, Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Gotcha. So I'm with you. We've got our topic. We've got our pillar. We then um, break that down. What's the next step from there? What do we do once we've got our our 10 different mini topics, our 60 different um, potential mini topics? What do we do from there? 
Yeah, absolutely. So from there, it's really just sitting down and writing the content. So mm. what I do is I batch my content per month. Love so it. I will, you know, at the beginning of every month or at the end of the previous month, you sit down and I figure out first, like, where do I need to show up? So what social media platforms will mm. I be showing up on? Um, and, you know, include like your email list if you have that. Yeah. And then whatever you need to create. And then from there, you decide, okay, how often do I need to show up on each platform? So that's how many posts do I need to create? So for example, on Instagram, if you're showing up three times per week, okay, you need three posts for every week. So you're going to need 12 posts for Instagram for the month. So we did the legwork of figuring out the content. Now we need to know how much we're writing and what platform we're creating it for. Because you, you, know, you might it might sound a little bit different. If you're writing an email, that's going to be a different format than if you're writing an Instagram post. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay. Oh, sorry. No, you go. Keep going. Okay. Um, so then what you do after that is then I figure out like, which um, do I want to create content for first? So for example, if you're in my Facebook group, you're going to get a little extra content. Like I show a little bit of extra love to the people in my Facebook group because, um, you know, that's important to me and that's my funnel. So you're going to get a little extra information if you're in my Facebook group than if you follow me on Instagram. So I always write my content for my Facebook group first and I can just go, I pick a pillar and then I pick a subtopic and I write the piece of content on that. Um, and then I can, you can do it one of two ways. So if you wanted to, write all of your posts for one social media platform and then if you just you could just mix them up for another platform so if you're like okay I only want to write 12 posts for this month so you write 12 you share them in your Facebook group um, you schedule them and then you take those 12 and you just mix them up and share them on Instagram on different days so that people are seeing different content or if you're feeling really ambitious you can go and write 12 different posts for Instagram Gotcha. Okay. And it makes sense to batch it in the one day as well, right? Because you get in that mood. It's like, right, I'm going to block out, you know, Saturday morning or whatever it is. And you get in your writing mood enough. You've done one or two posts. Okay. You're in the swing of things, you know, that's easier and easier and easier. Is that why you, you batch it in one day like that? Yes, it is. And sometimes, you know, I'll schedule it and then I wake up and I'm like, I'm not yeah. in a writing mood today. Like, you know, sometimes you just you yeah. don't get that mood. So it's, sometimes it can be a little bit more spontaneous with I wake up and okay, well, I was planning on doing this today, but I'm feeling like writing. So I'm going to do the content. Um, and I think it really does. It starts to flow. Like sometimes the first two are hard. You're kind of getting yeah. that wheel moving and then you just flow into it and it feels like the posts get faster as you go along. Yes. Love that. Okay. That all makes sense. Um, photos, Rachel, what, what do we do there? Do we batch the photos beforehand? Do we go and get a photo shoot? Do we, do we just write it and, and find something we're feeling on the day and any tips on the photo? Absolutely. So um, I do brand photo shoots. I like to have on brand photos, but you know, not necessary. If you wanted to just have a friend and take your phone out and go get some photos, that would absolutely be okay. I do batch my photos at the same time I write content. So um, I create all of my content, like for my Facebook group, I can schedule it in my Facebook group. So I just write it and then I share a photo. Um, I tend to do photos of myself in my Facebook group more often uh, Instagram gets fun because you can design graphics and do like a lot of different things for that. So I do batch out, I plan out more time for Instagram because I create like carousels, which are really popular right now and creating those graphics. So I do it all at the same time. I'll write a post and then I design the graphic or I pick the corresponding photo at the same time. 
So question, where do you get those photos from? The, you've already got these photos from photo shoots you've previously done. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And to get those photos, you'll hire, a, so you'll either hire a photographer or, or get a friend or whatever and say, hey, you know, we're taking photos for two hours on Saturday morning. Let me get a few different outfits. Let me get a few different locations. Um, we just take a heap of photos and then I'll put them in a, a folder on, on Google Drive. Is that how that works there? Yeah, that's pretty much it. So when I first started, I actually asked my brother and we like set aside a Saturday morning. I was like, hey, I'll give you $50. Like you get to take pictures of me. I changed clothes like in the back of my Honda Civic, like between yeah. You shots. got a Honda Civic? I do, I do. Me too. What model? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's an LX. I don't even know what that is, but mine's from 1998. Oh. So you probably got a better one than me. <laughs> Uh, mine is from 2017, so a little bit newer. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, yes. gotcha. All right, cool. So we do those those photos there. Now, a question with that. Do we just take random photos and, and hope that they'll somewhat fit in? Or do you have any tips for, for taking the photos? I know a lot of people do the points, you know, you you, you go there and, and, and you see people, uh, uh, photos of people pointing up and to the side. And they're, they're, when they do the editing, they're actually pointing to their course or their lead magnet, whatever it may be. Any tips there or do we just go for it at the start and, and we get better as we go? <laughs> yeah, great question. So I'm very type A, which means that I rarely just go for it. I always have okay. a plan in mind. Yeah. Uh, so first, I think the first step is really like picking out what you're going to wear because I mm. tried to pick out you know, outfits that match my brand. So like brand yeah. colors, um, kind of the style of my brand. And then from there, like I picked places that kind of match my brand. So my brand's a little more whimsical, very feminine. So there's like, there's a gazebo in one of my shots. Um, there's like this cute coffee shop in the background. So I tried to pick places that fit my brand. Um, I have not done a whole lot of like the pointing to specific places. I definitely know what you're talking about. I've seen that. Yeah, That's yeah. not something I've really done. So I really just try to go for more photos where I'm like very open, very friendly, you know, like smiling, looking at the camera, um, trying to show, you know, if someone's reading a post, like they can see me, they know who I am and I'm just very warm and inviting. That's what I focus on. Gotcha. Awesome. And I think just some good general tips you mentioned there as well with just, you know, the different outfits, you know, I, I learned that one the hard way. I was like, yeah, I'll do a photo shoot. I didn't bring a change of clothes, you know, and then every, I'm just wearing a white <laughs> tee in every single photo of me on the internet, you know? So I think at least bring a few and yeah, if you can sort of match them with your, your, your brand, that's great. And then locations as well. You know, there's always some good generic. We'll take a couple at the park, a couple at the beach, mm -hmm. you know, if you're in fitness, okay. A couple at the gym, a couple at the outdoor gym, you know? So I think there, there's some good um, general things as well. And yeah, have a think beforehand, you know, and it's like some of those things you can make them look so different, right? It's like one outfit in the beach versus a different outfit in the park, you know, he's going to look like a completely different style. If they might yes. just walk you might have just walked five minutes from the, the water to the grass, you know? <laughs> so, okay, cool. So we've got some good ideas with the, um, the photos as well. Uh, any tips on our head or yeah, what I'm thinking here is any tips on, on their headline or does that come back to, you know, I'm going to say any tips on the headline? Yeah. Do you mean the, the hook? Is that the same yeah, thing? Yeah. The hook. Okay. So let's, let's, let's say for example, we're like, great. You know, I've got this, I've, I've, um, got my pillars, you know, I've got my ideas. Cool. You know, let's use the Facebook group one, you know, great. You know, one of my, my pillars is Facebook group. Uh, one of my pillars is, um, how to come up with a name, you know, great. I've written this content. Do I need to have a, a catchy sort of headline there or do I just post the content and, and see what happens? 
Yeah, good question. I always say you need a good hook and you yeah. need a good call to action at yeah, the end. Love it. So what I tend to do, you know, a lot of people struggle with writing hooks and I, mm. I'm not going to lie, like that was definitely a struggle for me back when I first started because it is so important. So what I tended to do is I would actually write the post first. So I would just mm. like slap a headline or a hook up there and then I would write the post and then I could pick out like what is the most important part of this post or like what is the most like shocking part of this post and that is what then I took as the headline so a couple of just you know like key factors don't make it super long mm. uh do make it like a very uh related to your post so we're not doing clickbait yeah. here yeah. um and I make it super clickbait ones you know they write right? something and I'm like oh I want to read this and then the next next line is like so you probably thought it was about this well it's not about this and I'm like ah skip you know <laughs> <laughs> right. And you, you don't finish reading the post, which then yeah. defeats the entire purpose of having a good hook. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so don't make it super long. Don't make it clickbait. Do make it super clear. So for example, like if I'm talking about Facebook groups, I might say like how my client Allie hit 4,000 members in two months. Like mm. that's interesting. And it's super clear. Okay. She's going to talk about how her client Allie made two, made or hit 4,000 members in two months. And maybe she'll give me some tips on like how I can do that. So super clear to the point, not super long. Love it. Okay. And call to action. Any tips there? Yes, absolutely. So my number one tip is always include a call to action even if it's not a promo post. So I think almost every single entrepreneur knows that if they're promoting something, there should be a call to action at the end of the post. But Mm -hmm. I read a lot of posts on social media where it's not a promo post and they didn't include a call to action. So um, I call that a soft call to action. So like a hard call to action is like, work with me, click the link in my bio, sign up for my program. But a soft call to action is one where you're just saying like, hey, drop a heart if you agree with this or like tap a friend who needs to see this as well. So you're still encouraging people to engage. You're telling people what you want them to do and you're driving the algorithm, but you're not telling them they have to buy your program. Love it. Let's take a quick break. If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. So yeah, I'll summarize both because they were really good points there. So the headline, I think the best thing Rachel said is, you know, write your post first and then have a look at that post and be like, you know, all right, what's the most interesting thing there? Cool. Let me put it up at the top. Because uh, sometimes, it, and I think everyone, like whether you're writing an email, um, in saying that you can probably go both ways as well, right? Because what I do sometimes is if I get it, if I see a headline or an email that gets me, I'm like, oh, that got me to open. Let me save that. <laughs> and then let me model it and change some words so I can use it with my niche there. So I think it can work both ways, actually. But Rachel gave a really good tip where if you don't know what headline to do, do the post first, have a look at that post. Great. What's the catchy headline there? That's easier than just trying to come up with a headline out of the blue. I think that's the message. It's hard just to come out with a, a headline out of the blue. You know, it's easier to yes. either get someone else's and model it or write your post first and be like, all right, cool. What's the most interesting thing there? 
Um, and yeah, call to action. Obviously, we all know, you know, if you're going to buy something, you need to have a call to action. But even then, you know, even then you, you see some ads that don't necessarily have that, you know. Uh, but yeah, most people absolutely. listening to this podcast are, are smart entrepreneurs. So they know that they, they'll put a call <laughs> to action there. Um, but yeah, even like any sort of posts, a couple I like to do is just like, hey, here's, here's my tip on things. What are your thoughts? What do you think on this? You know, everyone loves giving their their thoughts and opinions on social media. You know, so when and it's just, it it may sound like a subtle difference, but it's huge. Like the difference between just me doing a post and stating my opinion, but me doing a post and then just adding a sentence at the end of it, saying, "Hey, what are your thoughts?" I'll get 20, 30, 40 more comments than if I didn't do that one thing there. So that that helps, and I think it helps in a few different ways. Firstly, it's going to help your algorithm, right? So like if you just made a post and 20 people commented on it, hey, when you do that next post, when you're trying to sell something, those 20 people are probably going to see that that post again because that or the, the sales post because they previously engaged, you know? And then also, if you've got those 20 people that commented on your post, hey, now Facebook might show it to another 20 people that wouldn't otherwise have seen it that are now in your funnel and they click the link and join your Facebook group, yada, yada, yada. So that's where I think that's important there. So Absolutely. And you made a really good point. If I could just um, touch on that as well, people do love to give their opinion. So if you're oh, stuck yeah. on a CTA, literally just <laughs> ask people what they think, like you'll get so many more comments. <laughs> yes, that one. And the other one I like is, is if I can do like a controversial one and then Ooh, I'll say yeah. agree or disagree, you know? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, um, that's such a good one. <laughs> I lost one of my favorites too. Um, awesome. Well, hey, uh, Rachel, there's a couple questions I always like to finish off my podcast with. The first one is around mentors. Now, you're obviously a mentor out there for plenty of women, plenty of people that want to grow their online business, want to um, uh, come up with more content, do it in a more time efficient way. I'm curious to see, to hear who your mentors have been, if you could answer it in a few different ways. Firstly, if you could give us a book that you recommend, ideally will help an online course creator, but anything, it doesn't have to be about creating the course. It can be about their mindset or marketing, sales, content, whatever it may be, a book recommendation. Someone you follow on social media that you haven't paid. So you follow them, you whatever, watch their YouTube videos, follow them on Instagram, but you haven't bought their course. And then someone that you've purchased their course or you've hired them to be your coach. And that was the best financial decision you've made. So what can you tell us? Mentors, book, unpaid, and paid. Okay. Well, I love the way you define that. So book, I would definitely say um, Get Rich, Lucky Bitch by Denise Stoffelford. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love her writing style. Um, it's a little off the wall to me. Like she's just a very real uh, and provides a ton of, of great tips. So I highly recommend that book. Uh, mentor that I follow on social media that I haven't paid I don't actually know her name, but I follow her on Instagram and her handle is at your coach, Sam. Uh, she started out as a VA and then turned into a like business coach for new and aspiring VAs. And I just, her content is amazing. Like she's so real on Instagram. She shares so many great tips. Um, and she likes to say that she, uh, like kind of pulls down the blinds and really shows people what it is to be an entrepreneur. So she shared like when she struggles and she shares like where her money goes and like that kind of thing. So she's very open and honest, which I love about her. And then mentor that I have paid um, would have to be Haley Rogers. Uh, her Instagram handle is at her simplified life. And she's just been amazing. So not focused on like course creation, but just focused on like 
um, helping me to really grow my audience, to nurture my audience, to build that engagement. And uh, we're just very similar in the fact that we're both like very type A, very organized in our business. And I love that she's been able to help me kind of really get outside of my comfort zone and do things that I might not do if I was just left to my own devices. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So Rachel, I'm sure there's a heap of people listening to this, watching this. They're going to be like, okay, this Rachel woman is cool. I want to find more about her. I want to do her course. Um, where do we go? Where's the best place to find you online? Absolutely. So the best place would definitely be Facebook. So it's Rachel Monin and that's M-O-N-N-I-N. Um, I do have a group, like you mentioned at the beginning, um, and I know you're going to drop the link to that. So I would love if you come and, and join my group. I share a ton of great tips in there and it's a great community. Awesome. I will, um, I'll put all of these links all over the, the show notes. I'll get my virtual assistant to double check them with you, Rachel. Um, and the course, if we want to buy the course, if we're like, okay, this system works, I want to implement this system and, you know, get my, my 30 days of content in 30 minutes. Where do we buy your course, Rachel? Absolutely. So you can go to my website. It's um, Rachel dash, like the minus sign monin.com. So Rachel dash monin.com. And you can definitely find the link to the course on there. Awesome. Well, Rachel, that's pretty much all I wanted to cover for today. Is there anything I should have asked you but I forgot to, or is there anything you want to finish this off with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think really, you know, the only thing I would like to finish off with is that I, I do have a course that I offer and it was something that I put a ton of time and effort into creating. And if you're considering a course, I do highly recommend it. It was a lot of fun to create and it's been a really great addition to my business model. Um, something that, you know, I, I want you to know is that the first time I actually launched my courses, I completely flopped and I did not sell a single one, but I came back stronger I relaunched it again and it did really well the second time so if you're considering launching a course or if you are maybe launched a course and it didn't do well I encourage you to just tweak a few things try again um, you know the first time doesn't define you so get back up and you know if I can do it again you can do it again I love it and and this is probably a prime example here as well where it's like yeah, it might take you a few goes, but once you've got something that you know can sell okay, and if you can get it on Evergreen, it's just like, it's the closest thing to passive income. Like someone could be, like Rachel's done this podcast with me now. It's the 23rd of March, Australian time anyway. I don't know what it is in Ohio, probably two or three days beforehand. Um, <laughs> so 23rd of March, like someone might be listening to this in two months time. Oh, this course sounds cool. Let me go and click on the show notes. Oh yeah, it's on special or whatever. Let me buy this course here. Bang, you know, Rachel's made a sale. She's helped someone doing absolutely nothing. Well, not absolutely nothing, but you, you know what I mean, right? And then you know, <laughs> yeah. in a couple months time again, someone else might listen to it, go on there, yada, yada, yada. It's just a very leveraged way to um, help help your income. Even if it's not your full thing, you know, it doesn't hurt just to, you do a podcast. Okay, even if your books are full with your one-on-one stuff or your, your work, it's not a bad thing to, to make a few sales on the side from doing a podcast. Absolutely, 100%. Awesome. All right, Rachel, thank you very much for your time. Oh, thank you. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for more free resources on how to sell more of your online courses.